So Psalm 142, starting at verse 1, says, I cried unto the Lord with my voice. With my voice unto the Lord did I make my supplication. I poured out my complaint before him. I shewed before him my trouble. When my spirit was overwhelmed within me, then thou knewest my path. In the way wherein I walked have they privily laid a snare for me. I looked on my right hand, and behold, the, and beheld, but there was no man that would know me. Refuge failed me. No man cared for my soul. I cried unto thee, O Lord. I said, Thou art my refuge and my portion in the land of the living. Attend unto my cry, for I am brought very low. Deliver me from my persecutors, for they are stronger than I. Bring my soul out of prison, that I may praise thy name. The righteous shall compass me about, for thou shalt deal bountifully with me. Well, I said, this is, uh, it is in the book of Psalms. I'm sure it was put to music at some point. But reading through those words, it was more of a prayer that David had made unto God as he was here uh, in this cave. And David, uh, David would have uh, uttered this prayer, uttered this uh, this uh, uh, these words unto God out of an experience that he was having, but uh, the experiences previously would have been the reason why David could have have uttered this prayer unto God. Remember David being uh, Jesse's little boy that Samuel had anointed as king over Israel while Saul was in uh, the seat. Saul was in the seat of being king over Israel. David had uh, had. Uh, or the Lord had delivered David from the bear. He had delivered delivered David from the lion. He had delivered uh, the, the giant Goliath into David's hands. So David would have had plenty of experience with the Lord while he was here in this cave uh, uttering this prayer. And that is what would cause David to utter such a prayer. Folks, I'm glad that uh, when we find ourselves in similar situations, I'm not saying that you've got a king after you or I've got a king after me. I'm not saying that we've got a band or a country full of Philistines that are after us, but when we get into stressful situations, when we get into, into the problems of our own, when we get into circumstances beyond our control, we can go unto God just as David here did, and we can say, Lord, thou art my refuge, and thou art my portion here while I'm in the land of the living. But Praise God. It's not just when we're here in the land of the living that he's our portion. When we get over yonder, I can read in the scripture, in the book of Revelation, there's going to be a supper that takes place. There's going to be a spread such as you and I have never seen. And we will have portion upon portion at that table. But even that does not compare to the portion that I will have and do have in Jesus Christ. He is my portion here. He it will be my portion there. He is my portion always. I can go unto Him. I can make my petitions known unto Him. And His ear is not too heavy, nor is His arm too short to save, to help, to heal, to cleanse, and to lift me up out of the muck and the mire that I might get myself into. Hallelujah. He's my portion. 
He's my portion, just like he was David's portion here. David said, I cried to the, unto the Lord with my voice. With my voice unto the Lord did I make my supplication. Folks, it's nice to know. I don't even have to cry unto God with my voice, with my physical voice. God knows my thoughts. God knows my heart. Hey, Romans 8 talks about such things. When it talks about the groanings and the moanings that we might make sometimes. And the Holy Ghost of God, he can and take those groanings that we made. He can make sense out of those things. It soothes my heart to know when I can't pray, when I don't know what to pray. God already knows what I need. He already knows what my heart is saying. And the Holy Ghost takes that need unto Him and He answers. Hallelujah. I poured out my complaint before Him. I shoot before Him my trouble. He didn't even need to do that. God already knew. God knew he was in that cave. God knew when Elijah was in a cave. Yeah. Did he not? Hey, Elijah. Elijah, a man, a, a mighty prophet of God. A man that called down fire out of heaven. He called down the Lord's fire from the heaven. And it consumed the sacrifice. It consumed the water. It consumed the altar. It consumed everything that was round about. Took 450 of the prophets of Baal down by the river, down by the brook, and he slew every one of them. And after this, there was a woman that said, hey, I'm going to kill you by this time tomorrow. The next place you see Elijah is back in a cave hiding away. This is a man that had called God's fire down out of heaven. How many times has God helped us? How many times has God seen us through? How many times have we seen the power of God in our lives? How many times have we experienced His healing? How many times have we seen Him resurrect a dead soul out of its trespasses and sins into life and into life everlasting? How many times have we followed witness to these things, yet we run and we hide in these caves, in these places? God knows exactly where we are. And I'm glad that he does. Because he'll trail me right into that cave. And he'll do just like Elijah. Elijah expected to hear him in these wondrous events. Expected to hear him in, in the storm. Expected to hear him in the fire. Expected to hear him in the storm going on outside. But where did he hear him? He heard him in that still small voice tucked back in that cave. He heard him in that still small voice saying, Elijah, you need to get out of here. You go do what I've called you to do. You go do what you know you're supposed to do. That's where he heard God was in the still small voice. But God trailed him into that cave hallelujah and he got him back out and Elijah finished the commission that God had called him to do that's what God expects of his people his children he expects us to do what he asks us to do Amen. and we go and we tell him we hide yeah. we hide but God will chase us down why because we're his we are his. I'm his child. Praise God. I'm his child. I poured out my complaint before I shoot him. I shoot him before. Or I shoot before him in my trouble. When my spirit was overwhelmed within me, then thou knewest my path. And the way wherein I walked, have they privily laid a snare for me. When my spirit was overwhelmed within me, how often do we feel that way? I feel like that way quite often. Quite often, I'm gonna lie to you, and truth be known, y'all do too. Uh, 
at least every so often, as the saying is around here, once in a blue moon, at least that often. Your spirit gets overwhelmed inside of you. Why is that? Because the world comes in and the world comes down and cares come in and they come down. Problems come in and they come down. Sickness comes in. Death comes in. All these things come down and come around us and come about us and come down upon us and it overwhelms our spirit. But praise God. Hey, he's one that can lift our spirits right back up where they need to be. He's the one that we can turn to. He's the one that we can trust. He's the one that has already proved himself over and over again. Go back to David again. That's why he wouldn't wear, wear Saul's armor when he was going against Goliath. Saul put his armor on him. He said, I haven't proved this, but there is one that I have proved. There is one that has proved himself unto me. I'm trusting God. When I sling this stone, that giant will come down. Amen. He didn't trust man. Certainly didn't trust man's armor. No. And certainly didn't trust Saul's armor, a man that was head and shoulders above everybody else that was in Israel. Yeah. And David was a little tiny fellow. I, I wouldn't have trusted that either. Yeah. Trust in God. When my spirit is, was overwhelmed within me, thou knewest my path. God knows our path. He knows the path that we take right back into that cave. And you know what? When he coaxes us out of that cave, hey, sometimes it's a still small voice. Sometimes he might sometimes he might have to sometimes he might have to beat us out of that cave. Yeah. Sometimes he might have to kick us. Sometimes he might have to drag us. But either way, he'll get us out of that cave and he'll get us back out into yeah. the world so that we can shine our lights before men that they may see our good works and glorify our Father which is in heaven. He'll get us out of that cave one way or another. He'll track his children down. He won't let us sit in fear. Won't let us sit in hiding. Won't let us sit in any of these things because we are his children and he has a job for us to do. God will get us out of that cave. Put us back into the world so that we can be the lights that he has called us to be. Hallelujah. Yeah. When my spirit was overwhelmed within me, then, the, then thou knewest my path. And the way wherein I walked, and they privily laid a snare for me. Those these demons, these demons, y'all have heard me say it before. We blame the devil all the time. And the devil is not, and I repeat, the devil is not omnipresent like my God is. He is not everywhere like my God is. But he's got all kinds of little helpers. Yeah. He's, got, he's got millions, truth be known, millions. Because if my understanding of Revelation 12 is correct, he brought a third of the angels down with him when he fell down to earth. If my interpretation of that scripture is correct, a third of the angels fell down when Lucifer fell. He's got all kinds of demons. Every nymph that knows that hell is going to be his home, he has running around here on earth with him. And they will drag us down. They will lay these snaps these traps they will privately lay these snares for us they will lay down things hey and it might seem something completely innocent i ain't talking about just something that's sinful hey they'll tempt us with those things too but more often than not with a true blue child of god they will not tempt us without right blatant sin they will try and tempt us and try us with discouragement they will try and drag the child of god down in the dirt so it's our faith dwindles just a little bit but hey my God knows every trap every snare that the devil and the demons have he already has a way out of it that way is a man named Jesus Christ Amen. he knows it all 
My God knows it all. When my spirit was overwhelmed within me, I lose my path in the way wherein I walked, had they privily laid a snare for me. In the way wherein I, I walked. You know how the demons know where we're going to walk? Because we tell them. Oh, yeah. We tell them where we're going. We tell them in our actions. We tell them in our thoughts. We tell them, we tell them with our speech to other people. They know which way we're going to be walking now. A child of God's got one way, got one path. The Bible describes it as straight and narrow. Mm -hmm. The Bible describes that path as straight and narrow. We stay on that path. Hey, they're going to throw, they going to throw snares out there too. They're going to throw traps out there too. They'll try and tempt us with just as much, or just as much tempt us with discouragement there as they will on another path that we've strayed off to on the left or the right. But even when we're on that path, that straight and narrow that God has made for us, that God expects us to stay on, they will still lay their snares. They will still lay our lay those traps. Hey, sometimes we might stumble and fall into one. Sometimes we might get curious and go over and inspect one. But praise God, He is there. He's there. The Holy Ghost is there screaming at us most of the time. Don't go near that. Don't touch that. Get away from it. That is not of God. That is of the prince of this world, the prince of felonies. You leave it alone. That's the Holy Ghost screams that to us. Says, leave it alone. But us being human, yeah, us being human, we'll tiptoe over. Just a little glance won't hurt. We might walk tall with God for 20 years. We might walk tall with Him for a year or for 10 years or even for a month. But sooner or later, there's going to be a trap thrown out there. And that Holy Ghost, if it abides within you, and if you're a child of God, it does. When, when that trap, when we see it, that Holy Ghost will let us know. But folks, unfortunately, us and, our, and us being human, us, us and our free will, uh, we want to go over to that box or that trap or that snare. We want to go over that hole and see what's down in there. And before you know it, we done got sucked down in there. We done got pulled down back into the mud, back into the mire. Like I said, I ain't necessarily talking about sin. I'm talking about anything that will discourage and will hinder our walk with the Almighty. We will let ourselves get pulled back into that. We will let ourselves get sucked down below the surface and God, but praise God in His graciousness and His mercy, He will go back down below the surface. He will pull us up and He will re-establish our goings. Where he is. He done established them once when he saved us. He pulled us out of the muck and the mire, set our feet upon a solid rock, and established our goings. Sometimes he's got to reestablish us. Because we get off on the wrong track. We get off on the wrong path. I cried unto thee, O Lord. I said, Thou art my ref refuge and my portion in the land of the living. I cried unto thee. <clears throat> once again, I'm tickled to death that I don't have to physically cry. I don't have to physically make a sound in order for God to hear me. He says, I cried unto thee, O Lord. And I'm sure it was an audible noise that David made when he was writing this, when he was writing about this. I'm sure that, that his, his mouth and his tongue made, a, made an audible sound when, when he wrote this. He said, I cried unto thee. I cried unto thee, O Lord. And when we cry unto the Lord, hey, it's just like a, it's just like a son or a daughter crying unto their parent. Or those of you that may be grandparents, it's like one of your grandkids that cry unto you. You know that voice. You know that's one 
one that belongs to you. Hey, my father's the same way. When I cry unto him, no matter what snare I might have found myself in, no matter what sickness may be my way, no matter the circumstance that I have found myself in, when I cry, my father hears me. He knows the voice of his own. Hey, Jesus Christ said, my sheep know my voice. They'll follow me anywhere that I go. And praise God, if I belong to the Father, He knows who I am. And He knows my voice. He knows me. You ever went into prayer? Said, it's me again, God. He knows who me again is. He knows who that is. We don't even have to tell Him. But, but anyway, I cried unto the old Lord. I cried unto the old Lord. I said, Thou art my refuge and my portion in the land of the living. Again, he is not just our refuge and our portion here on this walk of life. He is our portion here. Hey, he is our portion. When, uh, when the children of Israel, when they were going into the promised land, and they were divvying up the land to split amongst the tribes, you had this one, one tribe called the tribe of Levi. They didn't get an inheritance. They didn't get an inheritance of land. But folks, they got a greater portion than that. They got the service of the Lord. They got the service of the tabernacle. Later on, they got the service of the temple. They're the ones that took care of those things. They're the ones that made the sacrifices unto God on behalf of the people. I believe David, when he wrote this psalm here, I believe he had quite the understanding of Psalm 91. We talked about Psalm 91 a few weeks back. But there in Psalm 91, where it says that those that dwell in the secret place of the Most High shall abide in the shadow of the Almighty. Hey, that secret place is in, in fellowship with God. That secret place, I'm sure that the psalmist was talking about was back in the Holy of Holies. There was only one time per year that anybody went back there and that was the high priest but he went back in behalf of the entire nation of Israel. It was secret. Yeah. It was secret. No other, no other person was allowed back there but the high priest. And even then, only one time a year. And if he came back there without all the ceremony, without all the cleansing, and you better believe without the blood of the atonement, he would have been struck dead back there in the Holy of Holies. God would not have had that kind of filth in his presence. I believe that's the secret place that the psalmist is talking about in Psalms 91. I think that David would have had quite the understanding of that secret place. That secret place is when you and I abide with God anywhere that God is and he was in the Holy of Holies then he was back there and that's the only place that anybody could go to see his glory hey I know that he worked wonders outside of there but to actually be in the presence of God you can only go to the most holy of holy places and only one person could do that it was quiet all the rest of the year. Yep. Not one footstep would trod back there behind that curtain. Not, not, not one footstep, not one utterance would make it behind that curtain. Nope. It was silent and it was secret for an entire year. David would have understood that. He says, Attend unto my cry, for I am brought very low. Deliver me from my persecutors, for they are stronger than I. David recognized where he was. Just like that woman we talked about this morning in Matthew chapter 15. That woman that recognized when Jesus said, It's not meat for me to give bread, bread, the, the bread of the children unto the dogs. She recognized who she was. She recognized her low estate. She recognized her circumstances. And, and she recognized what little clout 
that she had. David here recognizes who he is. He says, Attend unto my cry, for I am brought very low. Deliver me from my persecutors, for they are stronger than I. He understood not only his estate, but he understood the strength of the enemies that he had. He understood the strength of Saul and Saul's armies. He understood the strength of the Philistines, but he was dependent on one that he knew would be stronger than he was, stronger than they were. He was dependent on the one that had proved himself over and over in David's life. He was depending on the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. He was dependent on Jehovah God. The same one we must be dependent on. The same one that we have to put our faith in. And we have to put our trust in. Folks, we cannot depend upon ourselves. No. Y'all have heard me say it plenty of times. Don't depend on me. Sooner or later, I will let you down. Yeah. Don't depend on yourself either. You, sooner or later, you're going to let yourself down. Every one of us is weak. Every one of us is frail. The Bible describes us like that. I ain't insulting you all and I ain't insulting myself. I'm telling you what the Word says. The Word says that we're desolate. The Word says that we're afflicted. The Word says that, that we need God. And how many times have you heard me say that we are that God is good and we are not? That's the summation of the Bible. That we need God and God is there for those that need Him. Praise God. Don't ever let that get out of your head. There have been too many people. Too many people I've seen in my walk, and I'm sure you all have seen in yours. They'll walk for just a little while. They'll stay in the light. Roger taught about it in Sunday school this morning. They'll walk in the light. They'll stay in that light. Then it's like they can't do it anymore. They don't want to do it anymore. You know what the Bible says about people like that? John wrote about it in 1 John. He says they left us because they were never of us. They were never of us. They left our presence because they were never truly of our presence. They were never truly in fellowship with us. It's people that try. Yeah. It's people that see the people of God and they say, boy, I'd like to be that happy. Hey, ain't it good to know when you go home and you lay your head down and I don't matter if your house burns down overnight. Now listen, I'm a, I've got some sentimental things. Yeah, I'd miss them. I'd miss some of the things I've got packed away. I miss pictures. I miss all kinds of different things. But it's nice to know that if my house burned down, my God will provide. It's nice to know there was people like Job in the Bible that had everything taken away from him. But yet he could say, the Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. Way. Blessed be the name of the Lord. It's nice to know that I can have that same attitude. It's nice to know that the Lord God that Job served, the Lord God that Job was talking about and prayed to, is the same Lord God that I have. And if he supplied for Job, he'll supply for me. If he supplied for David, if he heard David's cries, he will hear mine. It's the same God, and he does not change. He does not change. Forget the fact that David was a Jew. Forget the fact that he was part of the apple of God's eye. Forget all of those things. Folks, we have been grafted in from the wild, praise God. I am just as much a child of God as David was. I am just, a, just as much a child of God as Moses was. I am just as much a child of God as Paul or as Peter or as John or as any of the rest of them were. Hey, I'm glad that at the cross the ground is level. I'm glad that the worst sinner can get saved and I'm glad that once we are saved no one is put above another we're all in the same boat together we're all in the same ship together and we're placed there by God not by ourselves 
So I say, don't depend on yourself. You yeah. depend on God. God saved us. God will keep us. God will get us home. Yeah. Ain't nothing to do with me. Attend unto my cry, for I am brought very low. Deliver me from my persecutors, mm-hmm. for they are stronger than I. Bring my soul out of prison, that I may praise thy name. The righteous shall compass me about, for thou shalt deal bountifully with me. Bring my soul out of prison, that I may praise thy name. <clears throat> this cave that David was in, it felt like a prison to him. Yeah. He didn't have the freedom that he had. When he left there, you can read it in 1 Samuel, I believe it's chapter 22, that account starts. You can read it for yourself. When he went back in that cave, he was there all by, by his lonesome. And there was this band of people that showed up, about 400 of them, the scripture says. But they were rejects. Mm-hmm. They were outcasts. Right. They were people that nobody else wanted. Yeah. That, 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 uh, that company with David. And he was set as captain over those people. He was set as captain over them. But nevertheless, when he was here in this cave, when he was crying out to God in this psalm or in this prayer, he was alone. He was in prison. He said, God, I need you to let me out of this prison that I might praise thy name. He said, God, I need I need you to get me out of here. I don't feel like I can do as much for you. Hey, when we get ourselves stuck back in a cave, there ain't a whole lot that we're doing for God as far as being lights out in this world, as being the salt of the earth. There ain't a whole lot we're doing for God. We and we've tucked tail and we've run from the commission to go out to the four corners of the earth and pre- preach the gospel, spread the gospel, tell the people about Jesus Christ. When we're tucked away by ourselves, we cannot do that. I've said it before. I've told preachers, how many people hear the gospel from your couch? Mm. How many people hear the ca- gospel from your lazy boy? Mm-hmm. And that, that comes back and hits me too. Oh, yeah. That comes back and hits me. How many people hear the gospel from oh, your yeah. place? He said, he said, bring my soul out of prison that I might praise, or that I may praise thy name. He give the what? Bring my soul out of prison. And he give the why? That I may praise thy name. It wasn't so that I can have my freedom back. Mm-hmm. Folks, listen, you're either a slave, to God, a slave to sin or you're a slave to Christ. You're a slave to righteousness or you're a slave to unrighteousness. Mm-hmm. You're a slave to light or you're a slave to darkness. Mm-hmm. Either way, we're going to be a slave. Either, either way, I'd ten times rather be a slave unto God, be a slave and a servant unto Jesus Christ, uh, as opposed to being a slave to darkness like I once was. That darkness that he pulled me out of, I had no, no desire, I had no reason, I had no want to go back to that place. Why would I want to go back to that prison that God has released me from? David here in this cave says, God, bring me out of this prison, bring me out of this prison that I may praise thy name. Hey, folks, when the Israelites were down in Egypt, they wouldn't do much praising unto God, but God sent a deliverer named Moses down there. They had to come up out of Egypt before they could do the service of God. They had to come up out of Egypt before they could praise God. Hey, it's no different than where we're at right now. Don't let yourself get pushed back into that prison. God has brought you out. Give him praise now. Hallelujah. Bring my soul out of prison. Now my praise may praise thy name. The righteous, the righteous shall compass me about. The righteous bring me out of prison. The righteous shall compass me about. And folks, I was just talking about the gathered around David. We would have seen them as far from righteous. Yeah. I said they were rejects. Uh-huh. They were rejects, unwanted by society. Nobody else wanted them around. There's another man over in the book of Judges named Jephthah. 
The only other time in scripture you read about him is in the book of Hebrews chapter 11. You read about him in Judges. You read about him in Hebrews. The same thing happened to him. He was cast out by his own brothers yeah. because his wife or because his mama was a harlot. He was cast out by his brothers. Uh, he lost his inheritance at that point. He went off by himself and all these people came to him. The rejects of society came to him. But what happened when Israel started getting in trouble? What happened when the apple of God's eye started getting in trouble? They said, hey, Jephthah's out there somewhere. Go find him. He can lead us against these people that are coming against us. Hey, it was no different in David's case. David had a band of men that were following him. A band of men that were under his command and under his control but nevertheless that wasn't good enough for David David did not want the control David wanted God Amen. he wanted God bring my soul out of prison that I may praise thy name the righteous shall compass me about for thou shalt deal bountifully with me the righteous shall compass me about folks one day after a while I know we're in church right now and everybody here says they are born again Christian and praise God I hope everybody is right now we're compassed about with the righteous we are made righteous by the blood of Jesus Christ. Not by our own works, not by our own merit, not by anything that we could do, say, or think. It is by the blood of Jesus Christ that he shed on Calvary's cross and of nothing else that we are made righteous. And we are, if you want to get a pharisaical attitude, you can, you can say I'm righteous because I do this and because I do that. But my Bible teaches that you are made righteous because of something that's already been done for you. It was something that was done that we call the crucifixion to thousand years ago that blood was shed on a hill called Calvary on a place called Golgotha the place of the skull that man gave his life that we could have life and have it more abundantly Amen. it is not our works it is not our deeds it is the deeds of Christ for thou shalt deal bountifully with me and he already dealt bountifully with you though boy he has me he has me he done saved my soul but this is David he is already God. He is already God. And David is crying out to him. And he's saying, Thou shalt deal bountifully with me. With me. Folks, as bountifully, if you're saved and you're born again, as bountifully as God has dealt with you, he's going to deal more bountifully with you in the future. That life of life more abundantly, that's eternal life. That's life everlasting. That is life forever. We either get life forever or we get death forever. And that death ain't, ain't a state of being comatose. No. And that ain't a state of not feeling anything. No. That, that eternal death, that second death that the Bible talks about, it's a state of dying forever. Mm. It's a state of, 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 of dying uh, eternally. We were, uh, we, but we will not ever die. Hey, God created us mortal beings. He created or immortal beings. He created Adam and Eve immortal. They were made in His image. If they were made in His image, they were immortal and they were eternal. They were never meant to die. But when sin entered in, hey, that cursed man, that cursed the ground, that cursed it all. But we still have an immortal soul abiding within us, and that immortal soul has got to live somewhere. It has got to go somewhere. It ain't just going to float around out here in, in space somewhere. It will go to heaven or it will go to hell. Folks, he says, thou shalt deal bountifully with me. David does. God had already dealt bountifully with me. David, <clears throat> even though he doesn't run to a cave, even though he was being pursued by the current king of Israel, Saul, even though he was being pursued by him, pursued by armies, 
He was being pursued by all kinds of people. <coughs> David was still king of Israel because God had had him anointed as such. Amen. He was still the yeah. king of Israel because God said so. Saul was no longer king. He might have been physical king. He might have thought that he had the throne. He had the palace. He had everything else about him. But David was king. That's why Saul was mad. He was mad. He was jealous of David. And he wanted David dead. And unfortunately, this wasn't the end of David's problems that he had. David, David's whole life was filled with all kinds of problems. Some of them was brought on to him by other people, his circumstances. And some of them he brought on his, his own self. Ain't no different with us. Ain't no different with us. But nevertheless, we can go to God just as David does here. We can go unto God and we can say, Bring my soul out of prison that I might pray that I may praise thy name. The righteous shall confess me about, for thou shalt deal bountifully with me. He'll deal more bountifully with me and the life after this one than I ever dreamed that he would while I was here. He will deal more bountifully with me. And I'll be surrounded by more righteous there than I ever have been here. I don't care what kind of revivals you've been to. I don't care if you've been in the midst of 5,000 other born-again believers. Folks, the Bible describes it. John said in the book of Revelation, it was 10,000 10, times 10,000 and thousands upon thousands. Folks, we will be compassed about by the righteous, by those that are born again, by the blood of the Lamb, by those that have been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. We will be compassed by those people, but even more so than those righteous, we will be in the presence of what is righteousness. We will be in the presence of Almighty God and Jesus Christ, who is righteousness. We will be made righteous by His righteousness. We'll be confessed about with that. We'll be indwelt with that. It'll be all over us. It'll be all in us. Praise God, I'm going to that city one day. That's why I can praise God now. Because I know where I'm going. And I know why I'm going. Because of Jesus Christ. And no other reason. Praise God. Folks, don't give up hope. Uh -huh. When you find yourself in these circumstances. You find yourself back in a cave. You find yourself being chased down. You find yourself with enemies all about you. Y'all got demons that whisper to you. I know you do because I do. Every one of us does. Like I said, they ain't going to tempt us with blatant sin, but they'll do their best to discourage us.